I am Planta on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Rodrigo Duterte was elected president of the Philippines in 2016. He ran on a campaign that included the promise of the execution of suspected drug peddlers, users, and small-time criminals. In the early days of his presidency, my guest now, Alex Ann Arumpak, set out to document what was happening in the streets of Manila, where she joins me from now. It's a literal machinery of death that we see in her feature film debut, Aswang. It is a powerful and important film that is screening as part of this year's Doxa Documentary Film Festival that starts this Thursday, the 6th of May, and runs until May 16th. In the movie, we see the work of the local undertaker who arrives at crime scenes to ferry away the corpses of those killed with impunity. There, too, we meet Brother June, a religious brother who is also a photojournalist who spends his evenings documenting crime scenes and wakes. In the film, he and his colleagues in the press expose a secret jail where local police illegally detain and extort money for mostly innocent people. It's among some of the bizarre scenes that are playing out in a country where it is reported since 2016 more than 20,000 people have been killed as part of this so-called war on drugs. Duterte is undeterred and sometimes emboldened like when the former President of the United States, Donald Trump, commended him on his efforts. We also meet in the film a boy of six, Joe Marie. He is a street kid, streetwise and resourceful, but still a child whose parents are likely in prison. He has to fend for himself, and it's heartbreaking to see the reality and perhaps the future that he will face. I ask Alex about filming him and his story. Alex Arumpak is a Filipina documentary filmmaker who received degrees from the Doc Nomads Erasmus Mundus program and the University of the Philippines. She produces short documentaries for a television network in Manila. Visit doxafestival.ca for the tickets and information on the film. It is available across the country as DOXA continues screening its program this year via streaming. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Alex Arumpak. Ms. Arumpak, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, for people listening to us, um, my parents are Filipino, so I know what the word aswang means, but, but um, how, how would you define it in the context of your movie? Um, well, aswang is fear. Um, it's it's this idea and it's this uh, fear mongering um, and this is actually the you know you never see the aswang uh, in in the film but it's just a feeling that we wanted to uh, to express yeah it, it's a very powerful movie as I, as I was mentioning before we started um, why did you want to make the movie with does it go back to say 2016 when when, when Duterte became president that, that you started making the film yeah, yeah, the I, uh, I was like many other Filipinos, you know, um, because I'm also from Mindanao, so I thought um, there might be I didn't vote for him, but um, there might be something, there might be this change that he promised. But um, he was also on his campaign trail; he was also promising violence already, right. um, and he won not despite of that, um, but probably because of that. So on the very day that he was voted into power, the killings immediately started in Manila, particularly. So a lot of dead bodies started coming out at night. And um, yeah, in the first few months, all the photographs came out. And this is when we, I decided to do the film. Mm -hmm. um, 
it wasn't a matter of, you know, should I do it or not? It was just a question of how to go about it. So, yeah. I had the time. I had uh, I had the will at the time to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and so um, it, it's um, a, a very dark movie. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of it because you shoot it at night. Um, did, did you feel for your own safety, for example? I mean, it, it does seem scary as one watches the film, um, you know, the streets uh, of, of Manila that, that you uh, travel in, that you film in. Um, were, were you ever scared at all? In retrospect, I should have been, um, <laughs> and I really wouldn't do that. Yeah. I really wouldn't do that if I were alone, but I usually work with the group. So we we functioned, usually we worked as a group of mostly photojournalists, mostly men as well. Uh-huh. Um, and that kind of uh, gave me some sort of comfort, I guess. Um, so I could go around. But that was basically why I had the guts to do that yeah. <laughs> at night. Yeah, I, 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 even watching the film, I found it, um, just to be in such close proximity to death and, or blood even, um, I would find that odd myself. Um, at first, yes. Yeah. But uh, sadly, after a while, you really get used to it. Um, mm. I hate to say this, but it really did happen. Yeah. In fact, it happened so much, you know, with so much frequency that um, I know what was going to happen next. Um, you know, if I'm talking about a directorial standpoint, when my cinematographer came um, to shoot with me mm-hmm. you know I it was it was like a, there was a there was a it was a ritual to the death you know um, and I know what was going to happen and next they're going to put a candle and next they're going to see the blood and you could, you could almost expect it because it happens so frequently yeah. what do you think that does to, um, to, to the people in that you follow in the film you know um, they get so used to it that um this becomes normal. I mean, is is this something that that's going to go on? Do you think uh, um, in, in the future? I mean, one hates to think that, but I mean, w- w- with um, the injustice of death, uh, as you depicted in the film, I mean, this will be a reality not only for say, say the adults that you you film in the in the in the in the movie, but uh, say the children, like like the young boy that we'll, we'll talk about in just a moment, um, who's who's I guess six years old when we when we first meet him. Um, yeah. This is sad that this is going to be a reality for people like him. Um, it is, and this is actually what shocked me. Um, how mundane these things are. In fact, the woman who was talking about the secret prison cell, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. she didn't know that that was illegal. She didn't know that the police were not allowed to hold, you know, dozens of people inside that secret cell. She just thought that that was really how things worked. Wow. That the police could extort money from them, you know? Yeah. Um, and this is so common. This is real life for these communities. Um, and, you know, I know it from books. I know it from reading and movies and news. But um, being there and seeing all these things, I was also shocked because I really, we all come from a different place from this. Um. The guy, um, or the the guy who manages funeral homes, right, right. He he kept saying, yeah, but you know, this has always happened even before the Delta. Really. Um, but the problem is, um, 
if it happened, there was still an effort to keep, uh, you know, the perpetrators accountable and responsible. It is not so, it is not encouraged, number one. Mm -hmm. The language of the president does not encourage the police to kill. Um, so that's, that's the big difference here. A lot of people listening to us will remember the Marcos era. Um, is there a comparison, do you think? I mean, you, you mentioned the, the, the gentleman who uh, runs the funeral parlor. Um, when he says that this happens, this happened before, is he referring to that time? No, no, not even then. Really? Um, after. Really? So just even the recent years. He's been a... He, he's been a um, he worked in the... TNT um, morgue for a long time before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, he kept saying this is always the case. Uh, yeah. um, what do you think um, this does to a country's psyche? I mean, you, you obviously uh, are, are beginning to see, you know, the, the mistrust of authority. Um, what does that do to the society itself? Do, do you think... Um, it's able to survive, you know, I mean, it's 20,000, um, uh, more than 20,000 people who've died this way. Um, this must affect the culture itself, does it? Well, it has for, the thing is the Duterte, um, the Duterte regime has just had so many phases and so many waves starting from the war against drugs and now with this horrible handling of COVID. Mm. Um, but one thing is for sure, there is no account there is no accountability for them. There is no, um, you know, there's just no good leadership and it's always uh, very brutal and violent. Yeah. I'm, I'm not really sure um, what to say Maybe it has become so every day for me. You know, that you wake up every day to bad news. When it was all starting, people like me that was filming and covering every night, we all thought that, yes, you know, what we are showing can change people's opinion because as we both know, President Duterte is super popular. Yeah. Um, maybe this can change the, the opinion of the masses and you know, maybe it could deflect the vote. But now it's almost, he, his term is almost over. He is still in power despite everything. Um, and it, well, it's heartbreaking personally mm. for me um, to the point that I can hardly read the news because yeah. I don't know what else it would take for people to realize um, how 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 horrible this is doing to us and you know we are giving away things that we cannot take back um for instance the west philippines all these things um i think it's he's doing some irreparable damage mm -hmm. to us um and i'm not so sure that some filipinos recognize that maybe they're just not informed properly maybe they're just you know getting the wrong information right so yeah yeah, I'm, I'm talking from Canada, and um, you know, there's a, there's a large Filipino population here, um, sure. and he remains popular amongst the the, the people who exactly. Uh, yeah, and 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 I'm sure that's the case in in other countries, not just Canada. Um, what do you hope people who watch this movie, especially in other countries, 
as people will here at, at DOCSA in Vancouver and across Canada. What do you hope that they get away uh, from the take away from the film? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that because actually, when I was making, I was first started when I first started thinking about the film, I really thought of overseas Filipinos mm. as um, as an audience, um, and this was also why the film is titled as one. This is something that is uh, that we all know, you know, all of us know, um, every Filipino child knows, um, and this is why the film was made this way as well. Um, I was hoping that it would be something that opens people's hearts. You know, um, the war against drugs, everything, all about this, it's just not black and white. There's a lot of gray areas in it. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that people understand that just because a man is a drug user, that doesn't give anyone a warrant to kill him. That doesn't, um, you know, this, this, this is not an excuse to kill a person. There's no excuse to kill a person. Mm -hmm. So I would also hope that Filipinos watch it. I hope that you recognize that I really did this the most honest way I could and with a lot of love for my country. Um, it was really heartbreaking to see uh, to, to see this happen until now. It's still happening. Um, and yes, if there's one thing that I could just say that it came from an honest place. Um, it came from an honest um, I tried my best to do that, to do it that way. So I hope that they give it a chance at least to watch it and give it time. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, one of the more compelling uh, figures in the film is this child. He's six years old. I, I mentioned him already, Joe Marie. Um, yeah. He seems street smart, and he seems like he can fend for himself. But, you know, when you think about it, he's six years old. He really shouldn't have to do that. Um, mm -hmm. How did you meet him? Um, I'm not sure if you know of Kian de los Santos. He was a 17-year-old boy who was killed by the police. There was CCTV. Um, they were friends. Mm. So I was at Kian's um, funeral, and then I saw this boy, and he was just talking up, you know, talking himself up, and um, I got interested in him. So it was actually in the film, um, the first scene that he's in the film. That was also the first time that I met him. Really? Yeah. And, and, and so um, he obviously participates over over the course of, of, of the time that you're filming the movie. Um, did he have a sense of, of what kids his age were doing elsewhere or what they should be doing? I mean, no. he, seemed, he seemed to ha only have a conception of what life was like in, in his neighborhood or what, what kids like him were doing. Yeah, I think it's very, very much the same as this woman that I was telling you about um, who didn't know that the secret prison was illegal. Um this is just this world. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a very difficult and rough childhood, I would say. Yeah. And so what what um, what conversations did you have with him in, in terms of, of continuing to film him and follow him as you did? D did he want to, say, say something about um, his life or, or his conditions or, or say something about the reality? I mean, he obviously... Um, liked you, um, yeah. what, did he, he, what did he want to get out of this, if you will? I mean, other than, say, fried chicken or clothes, um, he, he probably wanted to say something about his situation. Was that something you talked about? No, um, because I think he was just happy that someone was interested and someone was 
you know, coming to see him. Wow. Um, sadly. Yeah. Um, it was, the thing is, I, I, so I was filming him and I thought, yes, it could be interesting. But it was also actually, um, I came back and a lot of times, um, this is not in the film. I came back just curious about what happened to him. Uh-huh. I came back several times on the camera because I wasn't confident about carrying a camera alone in there. So um, I would just go to check out, check on him. Um, I don't know. It, it, the, his world used to really revolve around his mom. Yeah. So he was always just waiting for his mother. Um, this was basically our conversations, actually. It's a lot, very childish, child, ch- childish conversations. Um, nothing big. Yeah. His dream, his dream was, I think, to become a carpenter, I think, or and then a police, you know, all, all these little things. Um, he, he, yeah. 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 And and um, so so later on, you, you do meet his. We do meet his mother in the film. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of conversations did you have about him with her? Um. I I had tears in my eyes actually the first time I met his mother because. Then she started telling me things, and I realized that everything that the boy, that John Marie was telling me, or this, uh, the the past year was true. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, if it's a child, you don't really know. I, sure, I won't yeah, take him yeah. for his word, you know. And then um, apparently it was all true. Um, and you know, this is a child who would visit his mother in prison, bringing chicken. Um, or bringing money or food. He's what seven or eight years old, mm-hmm. and you know he found his way inside the prison. Like, um, it's a different conversation with the mother, um, and actually it's ongoing. I, I'm still, I'm still, of course, in touch with the family. Mm-hmm. So it, it's also quite sad about how, yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a it's a. It, this is one of the threads in the film that is just so powerful. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, thinking about it again, and, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably like a lot of people who, who've seen the film, wondering, you know, what happens or what, what's happened since. Um, the um, there's a guy in the movie, I guess, Brother June, the, the photojournalist that you follow in the film. He goes to uh, uh, talk to a member of. Uh, uh, a family that's that's uh, had someone die, the, 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 someone that's been killed, and he mentions um, uh, almost offhand that, that he'd supported Duterte, and um, yet this has happened to his family. Are are people realizing the consequences of of, of the president's rhetoric? Say, I mean, I, I know he's term limited and he won't be running for re-election next year, but um, I'm sure someone like him or someone from his uh, party or, or someone who his shares father. his belief, yeah, um, will we'll probably run and, and, and perhaps win. Um, are, are, do the people understand the consequences of, of, of an election, say, and, and, and will that come into account next year? I think so. Um, definitely in the urban poor areas, they already recognize this. And I think they recognize how... Um, how terrible this kind of leadership is to them. Um, 
I'm not sure actually, you know, because the in, in the polls he's very popular mm. uh, in the like in South Asia um, census. Uh, sorry, the, the survey, yeah. The survey, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, but then I also keep thinking that if you ask an ordinary, if someone asks an ordinary Filipino, do you like who are you going to vote for, whatever. Um, you're not, you're, you would be afraid, you know, to say that uh, I don't like President Duterte or mm. something. Um, it's, it, it, we should already be talking about, you know, taking the side of um, optimism, going for something more optimistic. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. What... Um what what is it like for you? I mean, you're you're seeing a city that you love unravel, you know, as we see it in in the film unraveling. Um, some people might ask, well, why do you stay there? Why why do you continue to stay there? I mean, what do you tell those people? It's it's a, it, well, the people I love are here. Mm-hmm. My family is here. Um, you know, this is just really the only place that we can be right now. I wasn't hoping to be here, for instance, when Aswan was released, but I had no choice. It's mostly probably a function of having no choice as well. Um, but this is the cards that we are given, um, so we have to fight for it. Um, like I said, you can only really hope and be a, li- a little more optimistic um, for a better future, you know, um, and that this is why we're doing everything that we can right now. It's it's a really different place. It's a really um, tough place to be in right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is home. So. The other thing that I admire a great deal about your film is um, you depict the harsh reality of life in uh, the uh, the areas that you film in. Yet it doesn't seem like poverty porn or exploitative. Um, was that a concern of yours uh, uh, as you were making the film that it didn't look like that, for example? Um, yes, but I think also the darkness really, really has this function of, um, you know, uh, erasing a lot of things and mm. just focusing on certain things. If I'm talking formally here, because these places look very different at daytime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is definitely a concern for me. Um, I did not want to, you know, romanticize it, but I also did not think that I should be erasing it. It should be what it is, represented as what it is. Um, so, yes, we tried, we tried to do it as honestly as we could. Um, this is this is a, a, such a powerful movie and an important movie. Um, I know you've been spending your time talking to people uh, about it. Are, are you working on another film, though, at the moment? Yes, I am. I'm just starting on it. I took a break, mm-hmm. um, which was the right time during COVID. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm starting on another one right now. I just can't talk about it right now because uh, I know, sure, yeah, yeah, something, uh, something like that. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm such a fan of your work now. I can't wait to see whatever film you're making next. Um, it, it's a, a, been such a, a, a privilege and an honor to speak with you today. I hope a lot of people listening to us who uh, 
are in Vancouver as well as throughout Canada will see Aswang on uh, through, through DOXA. Uh, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much, Joe, and hope you for watching. Visit doxafestival.ca for tickets and information on the film. Uh, it is available for screening across Canada between May 6th and 16th. The film is called Aswang. It's director Alex Arumpak joined me on the line from Manila in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plato.